Hey, Jeremy. Welcome to the show. Nate, great to see you. Happy to be here. Yeah, and you've got the professional microphone set up. I'm so glad I could uh, help with uh, positioning that in the video. You look like a pro. I love it. Yeah, this is like my home podcast studio. Are you are you podcasting? Are you doing the podcast tour right now or just every once in a while? Every once in a while. We don't have our yeah. own, um, but it's a great medium. People are really engaged, and I think uh, people can find their find their find um, the material they're really after. It's awesome. Yes. Yes. Well, I think um, I think everyone's going to like this episode, especially since one of the more recent episodes that I published was covering the short-term rental vacation uh, industry, hospitality. Um, I'm very excited about this side of the market. I've been doing a little bit more diligence of my own, digging in, uncovering some stuff, and there's some things in the works. Of course, you'll have to find out on technest.io, but. We've got Jeremy Gall. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Breezeway. Uh, Breezeway is focusing on providing an integrated platform, managing the operations of short-term rental homes. A lot is baked in there. Let's, uh, let's break it down. What do you need to know in order to operate a short-term rental? Oh, wow. The, um, <laughs> in order to operate a short-term rental, it's, um, it's a complicated business. I think... Um, you know, markets divided. Good portion of the market using a professional property manager to do all the marketing and all the operations for them. Like really outsource that to a full time property manager. Good portion is trying to do it on their own, trying to do the marketing on their own. Um, but either way, it's so critical that you have somebody who can actually do all the hard work of mm-hmm. being a vacation rental operator and a hospitality provider. Because your guests want to come in, they want to have the same sort of experience as um, when they stay in a hotel. And in order to do that, especially in vacation rentals, short-term rentals, every property is unique. There's a lot that needs to happen as you turn over this property um, just to make sure that everything goes right and you deliver a fantastic guest experience. I think that oftentimes when people talk about short-term rentals, they may underestimate and I'm probably in this category too because I'm not actually daily in the business. But I think we underestimate the amount of labor that's required in keeping that property operating versus, say, a long-term rental where the renters have signed a lease agreement for a year and you know all the things are on their own. What's a list of some of the, the regular ongoing labor that's required to, to keep up, you know, I'd say, a, just a high-functioning short-term rental? Yeah, I think <clears throat> first there's cleaning, right? But you have to think about cleaning. You know, there's it's one thing to like residential cleaning, come in, your cleaners clean the house. It's one thing to clean for like residential and it's another thing to clean for hospitality, right? The level of detail for cleaning for a hospitality stay is much, much higher. And so it's uh, much more laborious. It's tougher to It's tougher to meet that standard. Um, and it gets really hard in vacation rentals with unique properties because it's not as easy as turning over a hotel room where every room looks the same. The waste paper basket goes under the desk. Everything's in the same spot. You just got to learn it once and just execute, execute, right? So cleaning is the first, but then there's a lot of preventative maintenance. These are homes or, you know, some of them quite large homes filled with appliances, all these sorts of challenges you don't have in a typical hotel room. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's preventative maintenance on all these appliances. There's constant upkeep and repairs. 
you've got people coming in, fridges open, doors are open, they're unpacking all their stuff. Your HVAC's getting stressed much more than it would in a normal residential context. So there's a lot of preventative maintenance and repair, safety and inspections. You want to make sure people can have a really good experience. Every little detail matters. Um, you got people who are really coming in. I think a thing people need to remember is that in vacation rental and short-term rental, the home, the property, is a real part of the trip. You know, typically you may be going on a business trip or you may be staying in a hotel someplace. That destination, the city you're in, is often, you know, a big part of the trip. Very typically in vacation rental, it's the property that is the central piece. Like that's the hub of the whole experience and why you're going there. Yeah, I, I would agree with that that last bit, especially uh, if you're if you're doing a family trip, you know, a family five, either uh, the old way of doing things was you booked two hotel rooms with the little center door, you know, oh, yeah. and you had like the kids room and parents room kind of thing, or you just really crammed it in there. But then you don't get, you know, you don't have a kitchen, you don't have, you know, dressers really that can hold all the, the luggage, the floors are cluttered with the vacation home. You have what feels like, hey, I can move in for a little bit. I can relax and unwind. You have private space. You know, it's an extension of whatever the reason is for that that travel and that leisure. It really becomes part of. And for for me and friends of mine, we've done like uh, a buddy of mine. We did bachelor party out in uh, Whidbey Island in, in Washington. You know, and we just we didn't really do a party. We just got a house. You know. And a whole bunch of us went out there and we did a whole bunch of grilling and some, you know, yard games and went out in the town a few nights, but that was about it. You know, it was a good time and it, it does really become part of that. So of all those, um, knowing all that and knowing a lot of it's labor intensive, what can a platform do to make all that better for the operators to really take them to the next level? Yeah. It's about scheduling and coordination, right? The other thing that happens in the short-term rental context is you've got a lot of people drive to destinations. You've got guests coming in and out. You have flexible staff. A lot of folks are not staffed up. You know, in a hotel, everything's on-premises, um, pretty easy to manage, a little easier to manage. And you've got like either full-time staff or great contracts with the folks that are, you know, working with you. Vacation and short-term rental, it's a little different. Um, you might be working with third-party cleaners, independent contractors, and a mix of the, that type of staff and your own. So the scheduling and coordination is a really big piece of it. And every day is not the same, right? Again, I'm, I'm pointing out all the challenges. It's really, it's an amazing business if you can pull it together. Um, but the other thing you have is that, you know, when you went out to that rental with your with your buddies, you know, you'd fallen in love with that property. You were getting ready for your trip to go to that specific home. So you can't just be switched out and, and switched into another room or another house. So mm -hmm. that exact house has to be ready for you. It's a lot easier than in the hotel context where I can just put you into a different room. I can move you around. Um, so the scheduling and coordination, if you can automate that and you can help sort of smooth out this integral, this intricate dance of people who have to get this operational work done, it can be really helpful. Um, those workflows are, that's one piece of it. Another is making sure that everybody knows exactly what they need to do. You might've had special requests when you went on that trip. 
Maybe you're going with kids, you need a crib, things have to be set up a certain way for you. I've engaged you. This is like, as the level of hospitality that, that consumers expect goes up, you know, more personalization. <clears throat> I've engaged you beforehand about certain things you want as you're coming for your trip. Now I need to make sure I can execute on that. And then I've got to communicate with you, automate. So we help automate a lot of that communication, automate the scheduling and coordination of that work and make sure that the people in the field know what they need to do and they've got the tools to do it right. Yeah, I feel like there's a, you know, the handful of amenities are probably common issues. Fireplaces, how do I turn this thing on? How do I get the blower to work? How do I turn it off? There, yeah. There's obviously the hot tub, which is a, a no-ending list of variables of things <laughs> that could go wrong. Uh, I feel like, I, I remember that house that we stayed at, there was a big binder that came with the house. And it was like, and that was good. I mean, it was helpful, but it was also like I had to read a book in order to like figure things out, which I think could have been summarized and a little bit more clearly explained than what it was. Um, we had, we, there was some other interesting uh, elements about that house, but we'll wait. We'll see if they all come up. I don't want to complain about that one time. <laughs> so, and now part of this, obviously though, um, a lot of operators already have other tech. They're, they're using other components to the business. Obviously, um, there's the marketplaces, which is the most common piece. Does it integrate with this one or that one? So I want to talk about integrations and the role it plays. Because obviously, as you guys are building your platform, it's probably playing a significant role. Can you talk to me about the challenges of building to integrate? And what are the integrations you're really focused on that you know enables Breezeway to bring as much value to operators as possible? Yeah, of course. I think this is a common thread, right? Anybody in the, in the prop tech space... Um, very rarely, um, anybody in the value chain in the prop tech space is using one piece of software to get their work done. And so they're reliant on integrations. You know, if you're in residential and you're working with Appfolio or Yardi or RealPage, mm -hmm. um, some of those big PMS systems, integrations are critical and they, and they are for us as well. And so we look at ourselves as, um, sort of the thesis around Breezeway is that just like in hotels, there's sort of two centers of the universe. There's your front desk piece of software, which will help with channel management and marketing and distribution, collecting reservations, et cetera, booking. Mm -hmm. And then there's a back office piece of software. And those two hubs are very separate. And that back office runs room service, cleaning, maintenance, et cetera. Um, and traditionally, that didn't exist in the property management space outside of hotels. You really had this like kind of disparate tech stack that went on top of the PMS system in mm -hmm. residential or vacation rental. Um, and so the thesis behind Breezeway was there should really be an operations hub separate from the PMS system that can really help you with all this back office work. But the integration with the PMS is really critical. So... We work really closely with um, the PMS systems, both in the vacation rental and hotel and residential space. And those are a main focus of ours to make sure that those integrations work really well so the teams can seamlessly communicate and get their work done. Mm -hmm. um, and then recently we announced our Airbnb integration, uh, which is really interesting and helpful. 
not just for the small operators who use Airbnb like a PMS, right? Airbnb is helping them get all their marketing. So that's kind of like their PMS system. Um, But it's interesting for the really large operators too, because we can integrate with the reviews on Airbnb and tie that back to their operational tasks, help them get better. Oh, okay. So, so your operations staff can actually see what's looking, what's happening on the, the, the user experience side. Totally. And then see, you know, did I have trouble executing because I had 80% of my units were turning over on a back to back and I only had five hours to do it. And maybe I didn't staff up enough to actually handle that work. And like, where was the breakdown? Um, and where, where are the pressure points in my operations that I can help fix and tie those directly back to the guest feedback through the, through the reviews. Now, um, and I, and I also noticed that you guys, uh, uh, are also partnered with Airbnb on the fully integrated guest messaging. So you're helping with that, the back and forth or preemptively, Hey, this is something you'll want to know. And then the 15 minutes before the booking, here's more. Now, one thing I've learned over the years in working in marketing and talking with customers. Um, and this is maybe a maybe one of my trade secrets here of content marketing. So everyone, that's right, buckle up, here we go. So I like to use letters. Letters are a phenomenal lead gen tool. And what I've learned is that most people just don't know how to say what they wanna say. So a letter to the tenant on, hey, it's your job to mow the lawn. How does a landlord say that? Right. So that's what I've done in the long term rental industry. So when we come up to fully integrated guest messaging, my first question, my, my first idea or thought here is like, okay, well, who's determining who's saying what and when? Or is that coming from Breezeways? Breezeway saying, hey, this is the message that you're going to want to say and when, and totally guiding the user through that experience to make them appear as if they're an operations genius. Love it. Love it. Great question. We are guiding them. <clears throat> They can customize, but we are guiding them. And I think that's one of the things that we did really special about our messaging product was we could have done two different things when we built this piece of the software. We could have said, here's a, here's a product. You just click a couple buttons and you can send any message you want and it's fully customizable and, you know, big blank canvas, do what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could have said, hey, look, here's the typical engagement you should be thinking of when you are talking to a guest. You should send them a message pre-arrival, you know, up to a day, a couple days before or up to 24 hours before. And you should say, insert their name and tell them you're excited that they're going to come. And then Mm -hmm. take that pre-arrival message and make it your own. And then you can turn it on, you can turn it off. And so we help them and kind of guide them through Um, what are the right messages to send, how to customize them. And then people can make it and add as many other ones as they want, but it really does change the way that people interact with the product and then helps them automate the communication with the guest and guests love that. And it's like, it makes them feel, feels like they got a personal and honestly the guests don't aren't bothered whether it's personal or not, even if they think it's been a tokenized message they're getting a text message and it's indicating mm-hmm. that you're actually paying attention. You know that I know Nate's coming. I sent him a message and now I'm prepared. If Nate's going to write back to me and he's got a question, I'm on top of it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've set up this really nice communication channel with him. Yeah. I, and I got to experience that recently. I was um, secret shopping, if you will, although it was known shopping 
uh, some properties that I invested in, but I'm a I'm I'm on a passive side, so I'm not in the details on the on the operations. So it was good to experience of like what's the email and text notifications going to be. And the thing that was most helpful to me was how do I get in the dang door? And that was the last text message I had that came from our partners, and it was like Nate, you know congrats on your stay or welcome on your stay. And here's what you're going to need to know to get into the door. And this is the exact steps. Boom, 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 boom. Like, let us know if you need anything. And it was so helpful because I didn't have to dig. I didn't have to like, oh, where did I put that email or did I put it in that folder? And and then you don't have signal and then I can't load any. I mean, it was just perfect uh, to be able to get in and out of the door. And it kind of made it feel like it was just a simple, magical experience. Just a, everything was ready for me when I got there. It's perfect. I mean, SMS and... and um short messaging is made for this kind of asynchronous hospitality experience mm-hmm. where I can check in with you. I can open up this channel of communication, but I don't have to bother you. I'm not going to call you and you can engage back and you don't have to be at the property. You don't have to stick around. So same thing. It's just building this all into the, it's all built into our product to just sort of put you on the happy path of what mm-hmm. it's like to be a great hospitality provider and um, it's the same thing. You write in and you say, hey, you know what? We're out of propane. It's like, okay, we can send you a message back, confirm. The system will automatically confirm. We've gotten your request. When somebody gets assigned that task, it'll automatically update you. When it's done, they'll mm-hmm. say like, great, we dropped off the propane. Let us, you know, if this hasn't resolved your problem, like let us know, reach back out. Um, and it's, it's, really like it's the right way to engage with someone at the property and property Mm -hmm. management as it turns more and more hospitality orientated. That's why we built messaging because communicating with the guest or the resident while they're in your space, that is half the battle of being, being a property manager. That's so intricately tied to the operations. Now, one of the big themes at the annual Skift conference was AI. And I think I've been seeing this all year. I saw the property management forum, IMN. Uh, it was a big topic at Blueprint. A lot of people are talking about what is the real applications of AI. The first thing, obviously, everyone brings up is chat. And chat is the obvious interface for interacting with some level of AI. It's pretty simple to set up. Uh, applications are pretty far and wide. Two question, two part question. First, uh, what is Breezeway doing with AI, and where does the hospitality need to be looking to leverage AI to really take things, you know, to the next level as far as for customer experience? Yeah, first thing we're doing, um, and I think you're exactly right. It's pretty easy entry point, which is chat. Um, and since we already are chatting with guests via messaging, it's really a nice entry point for us to use AI in a product we call suggested replies. So a guest is writing in, they have a question with the Wi-Fi, right? If mm-hmm. you think you have to dig through a book to get through the Wi-Fi, imagine you've got a thousand units um, and everyone has a different Wi-Fi uh, network and a different password <laughs> and the guest is writing in. And so you're like, oh God, like this guest is at this house, you know, this is the house they're at. Let me look, let me find it. And they can do it, but like, Computers are great at that. AI is great at that. So mm-hmm. it can pull out the Wi-Fi and the information from the property, suggest the appropriate reply. The agent can look at it and say, yep, that looks good. I got it. And so the first thing we're doing is just suggested replies. And 
the model is so good that it gets about 90% of it correct um, on its own without anyone having to change the message at all. They just take a look at it and press send. We're not automating and letting the AI totally reply on its mm. own. It's still going through a manual check, um, but it's saving everybody a lot of time. I think the next step is one of the keys to Breezeway is that because we're a comprehensive operations platform, so we do the cleanings, maintenance, property inspections, as you're interacting with the product, as your team or field staff or service providers are doing anything in Breezeway with the app, it's writing all that information back to a structured property profile. So -hmm. we're getting a lot of structured data about the property. How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? How many TVs? Which bedrooms have TVs? Which ones don't? Where the nightstands? Tell me all about your appliances, like lots and lots of information. And that's the key to AI is that, you know, it's got to use structured data. It's got to use data to, you have to train the model and it has to have Mm -hmm. something to read through. Mm -hmm. Um, As we all know from reading the news, right? Otherwise it's going to make it up. It's happy to make up things, but that's not going to be very useful. Uh, yeah, it's happened. It's happened a few times there. Yeah, <laughs> hallucinations exactly. is what they call it. Yes, AI hallucinations. That's a. It's a good euphemism, actually. It sounds yeah, it like works. It, it works. The um, but yeah. So I think in hospitality, it's about chat's a good one, but it's really about how do you end up leveraging data and how much data can you feed this model to help answer more questions and mm-hmm. then. Taking, you're not going to try and remove the human touch. This is the other thing that I think is so important for hospitality. Hospitality is human interaction, right? You have somebody over to your house and if you're a good host or you're throwing a good party, like you're involved. Mm -hmm, It's really, mm -hmm. it's part of, there has to be a human element to it, right? When you Mm -hmm. stay someplace, the parts you remember that went really well, the things that you don't like probably had something to do with the human interaction that you were like, God, that really, they went above and beyond I really feel connected to this to this hotel to this home, or they didn't do that, and you're like, mm-hmm. they don't really th- they don't really care about me, and so really the key in hospitality is like, how do you leverage AI to just simplify a lot of the things that are not where human touch isn't totally required, so that then you can reallocate those resources to do more human things that really will make a difference to people. Yeah, no, I, I, I dig it. I think that that makes a ton of sense. And that seems to kind of echo some of the things I've heard from others in the space recently. I want to I want to touch on a few other areas here, uh, maybe a little bit more broader that are focused on the industry, not specific to Breezeway and get your take on this. I, I've been, you know, as I mentioned, I've been doing my own digging into this side of the real estate world. And it seems pretty apparent to me um, that there's a, there's a phase where we're at a uh, an inflection point in short-term rentals, in vacation rentals, the whole hospitality industry. There's really, but really on the side of like the individual homes used for vacation rentals. This is a professionalization of this industry that's occurring. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts. Do you agree that that's such a thing? And what do you think that entails? Um, and what do operators need to know about that? Like, how does this impact their day-to-day and how should they be preparing to continue to succeed? Yeah. Before I started Flipkey, I started a company called, I mean, before I started Breezeway, I started a company called Flipkey, uh, which was a marketplace for vacation rentals. And we worked with hundreds of thousands of, of rentals um, 
around the world and mm-hmm. sold it to Expedia and TripAdvisor. And I think, you know, as vacation rentals gained popularity, we did a great job getting them all online and then getting them all online bookable. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of supply and a lot of choice. Um, and I a hundred percent agree in this trend of professionalization because I think what's going on now is there's a little bit, there's an awareness and and maybe even some frustration from the consumer mm-hmm. that um, there's just such a wide range of quality when you are trying to shop for a vacation rental and you're trying to make all these decisions based on the photos and you're, you're, you're trying to sort of investigate and figure out like, is this going to be a good one? Does this one mm-hmm. really look like this? And mm-hmm. um, that can be, that can be frustrating, right? You, you travel planning is hard enough as it is. Right. Uh, it's not like people aren't, that's not what people want to do. They want to get excited about their, about their trip. And um, so I think everyone is aware of that. I think the big agency, you know, the big online travel agencies are aware of that. Um, and they are pushing for professionalism and quality. The mm-hmm, associations mm-hmm. are pushing for that. Consumers want it. And I think some of the backlash um, from the municipalities and regulation is that like regulators want it as well. Like it's not necessarily everyone just doesn't want short term and vacation rentals in their market, but all parties have a have a vested, have the same vested aligned interest that like we want professional rentals. We want really high quality homes. High mm-hmm. quality homes, owners will make more money. Guests will have a better experience. They'll be safer. Uh, they'll be better neighbors. Um, and I think we're going to, I think we're, I agree. I think we're at the beginning. Professionalism has been going on for the 20 years that I've been in this industry, right? Like mm-hmm. when I started, there was no online booking. You had to mail people checks. There were brochures that you, if you wanted to go to the Outer Banks, you would get a brochure. Can you in the imagine? Mail. Hi, yes, yeah. I'd like to stay in your cabin that's in the eastern remote area of Oregon. <laughs> uh, where do I send the check? Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, where do you want to stay? And you're like, well, I'm looking at page 12, and it said it's number. Um, it seems five so nine, absurd. Uh, 595. And then you had to print the brochure, you had to be damn sure. You had your pricing right because whatever pricing went out in the brochure, you oh, were that's stuck what it was. With, there was no revenue management, real time. No revenue management. You got you got one shot a year to set the prices, and then you had to print it in the brochure and send oh, it out. Gosh. And then and then you never knew. And then would be a legit question: Hey, am I supposed to bring sheets? Do I, <laughs> do I bring toilet paper? Are there going to be sheets on the beds? Do I need to bring my sheets and towels? And like, so the industry has professionalized a ton. Mm. Over the last twenty years, not to be you know not to be discounted, um, sure. between online booking and a lot of things. But I do think we're at the beginning of another wave where it's like, okay, everybody, like the baseline is now being set a little higher. Yeah, and you've yeah. got to you've got to perform up here. And I think you see it in you know how you're going to communicate with guests, the yep. kind of hospitality experience you're going to deliver. How are you going to clean like? cool. This isn't just about like broom swept, like, come on, let's get into it. And like, let's make this bathroom look like you just walked into a really nice hotel. Like that's what it should look like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I dig all that. So then the obvious question for, for me, like and more thing I've been thinking about is there's a lot of chatter on Twitter. Are you on Twitter? 
Is it, I, I mean, nobody's on. You're not even on Twitter. You're you're not. You're on X. Nobody's on Twitter anymore. Uh, oh, that's right. Well, Twitter still. You still go to Twitter. I think X. Re, it, <laughs> it's all the same. X. Uh, I'm trying to get all prop tech CEOs on the Twitter. Anyway, but so that's just part of my my mission here. But there's a lot of talk on Twitter uh, about Airbnb going to crash. I think this is some. I think there's some hopefulness in this, and that there's going to be a sudden wave of residential real estate hitting the market, and then prices are going to come tumbling down, and we're all going to have magical opportunities that only us in this these little circles know about. And then we can go buy a bunch of properties for cheap. I think a lot of it's wishful thinking, but it, it does seem to make sense, though, that like you said, there's an awareness from consumers that that there's a lack of quality mixed in with good quality, and sometimes it's indiscernible online. I can't I, I can't see and smell and feel the difference. And everyone happens to be a super host. And the prices are within thirty bucks, so how can I know? And there's no logo or badge to tell me that this is a long standing institution that screams quality. So of course they're just gonna see a bottoming out of the market, everyone's gonna die and it, you know, it's gonna flood the market. But I guess the short of the question is do you think there's gonna be a crash and sudden wave of inventory hitting the market? Um, I mean, broadly speaking, no, I think that sounds like an, I think that sounds maybe hallucinations too strong a word, but, um, I think that sounds misguided. I don't think there's going to be a crash, I think, and, and certainly not an Airbnb crash. I mean, I think Airbnb has, um, has done such an incredible branding and community driven and, you know, community-driven work mm. on their platform that, you know, they have really, I, and to the frustration of plenty of veterans in the vacation rental space, not me, but like plenty of, you know, established property managers. It can It's a very frustrating thing for established vacation rental managers who've been doing this for a really long time, you know, like three, four generations to hear people talk about like, well, I'm just going to Airbnb this place because that because that's how Airbnb has grown in the consciousness of so many people who were exposed to vacation rentals for the first time during the pandemic or like the mm -hmm. awareness that's gone up. So I don't think there's going to be a crash at all. There may be some little corrections. There may be some corrections that like sure. supply is growing small. Supply growth is down. Right. You're not going to and, and we shouldn't that shouldn't surprise everyone that, you know, the pandemic hit. Everybody went out and bought second homes. Um, plenty of them couldn't afford it, started to rent them. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of homes came on the market as demand surged. And mm -hmm. now, like supply growth is a little slower and demand is corrected a little back to, you know, slightly before pre pandemic levels. ADRs yeah. are up. So people are making more money. Um, but I don't think there's a crash. I think maybe a few corrections here and there. Um, and you probably, you know, there's probably some pockets. I don't know. I think secondary, tertiary, urban markets where somebody thought they could put in, you know, a thousand short-term rental units because people were just going to flood, uh, I don't know, Chattanooga. Um, Chattanooga's you know, popping. It was Get, popping. It still is. Chattanooga is still popping. Moon but, pies, man. I mean, there's only so much demand, though. You know, no, and it's that's like, very true. So I yeah. think there's 
there's definitely these pockets of oversupply mm. where opportunistic the Smoky Mountains. Where, Smoky Mountains, I don't think so. I think the Smoky Mountains, there's so much demand. Wow. It's incredible. Still so much demand. The number Smoky one visited Mountain. national park in the country. It is a busy exactly. Smoky Mountains. And then you think about like, you know, there's still so much demand on mm-hmm. coastal properties. Can't make enough, you know, you can't uh, it's a finite resource. There's only so many homes you can have that are on the coast and close to the beach. Um, mm. So I think those places will be fine. I think there's a couple of urban markets where you'll see some, you'll see some opportunities pop up. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously New York city um, saw a massive uh, delisting of Airbnb properties, but that's a whole nother and separate and unrelated issue to is the market willing to absorb supply I don't. Yeah. New York City's was not an absorption rate problem. It was, it, it was a legislative uh, challenge that they have, and hopefully they'll get that figured out. Yeah, they're going to have to do something. I mean, that's been in the background for a very, very long time, going back and forth, back to mm-hmm. my days at FlipKey as well. Um, but they've got to figure something out because there's so much, there's so much demand um, that it's and it's going to be a big regulatory hurdle. To actually enforce some of those rules and yeah, they don't have any anything set up for enforcement. No, it's really tough. It's really tough. <laughs> so, but, oh man, it's going to be uh, interesting. Well, all right, I've got one more thing I wanted to get into specific to Breezeway, and then we're going to jump towards the bottom of the show here. Um, you guys have you know built a, a pretty solid business here, about eight years in business, correct? Yep, that's about eight right. Eight years, eighty countries, two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, units on the platform. What's been the key to driving such growth across many different markets? You, you know, di- the the industry has gone a few ups and downs over that time period. Of course, there's been significant technological jumps since 2015, just from what the user sees, let alone what's behind the scenes. What's really been the driver for that growth for you guys? Yeah, we try to listen very, very carefully, and I use that word specifically. Um, we try to listen very carefully to our to our clients um, and to feedback from the market to try and really match that with products that are valuable and can move the needle um, for our customers and for um, you know other prospects in the market, so that. Um, I think that's really the key is trying to hear and understand where the challenges are, where clients are really struggling, um, and then match that with, um, you know, what we're seeing in the market. And I think it helps that myself and a lot of folks on the team are, are really intimately familiar um, mm-hmm. with vacation rentals and with property tech. And I think, so that's one thing that's really helped us. And number two, something we were chatting about um, just before the show, like the convergence of how so many other verticals, prop tech verticals are sort of like falling towards vacation rentals has really helped, right? So when hotels are getting beat up a little bit and everybody's staying in a short-term rental or a vacation rental and they're trying to reinvent themselves and say, wait, how can we be a little closer to that model? How can mm-hmm. our rooms be a little more unique and authentic? How can we give people something more than just a box to sleep in? 
Um, then all of a sudden their operational workflow looks a little more like a vacation rental and it, it's a benefit to us or mm-hmm. long-term residential really getting, really thinking about the service element of how they engage with their residents and that the more they can engage with their residents, communicate with them in a more timely way about something that's broken, put a little more hospitality feel into it. That helps us grow based on residential, um, residential demand as well, which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I, I I tend to agree with that, uh, and I I put this out on LinkedIn recently. I think that hotels, especially the larger ones that have distribution, they already have the locations, they know where travelers are going. If they have an interest in taking share, you know, market share and just a little bit of reinvention of some of the rooms and amenities on site and some of that experience we can talk about, I think they have an opportunity to to level up, and you know, it's almost like the Starbucks. Uh, um, effect, if you will, right? Lots of mom and pop coffee shops are able to succeed because Starbucks leveled, they brought everything up. Coffee was no longer just 99 cents. You could charge five bucks and it doesn't make people bat an eye, you know, because they get to sit in a nice little cozy chair next to a fake fireplace and it's it's worth it, you know, with lackluster totally. internet. Let's be real. Totally. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's true. It's true. It's <laughs> totally true. There it is. All right. Hey, we're going to jump to the bottom of the show here for a segment I like to call For the Future. For the Future is when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give me their best predictions based on the following four questions. Jeremy, are you ready to play? I am ready to play. All right. Question number one. What does Breezeway look like one year from now? Um, three new products um, tied into the same operational platform. Let's go. You got those devs shipping. Oh, yeah. There we go. Number two, what will be the biggest challenge or challenges STR operators face in the next two, three years? Regulations and keeping up with consumer expectations. I don't think the average STR operator, certainly the small one, is totally prepared for what they're going to need to do um, Mm -hmm. to keep up. All right. Number three here. What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? (laughs) Uh, That is a hard question, but I wish would go away. Um, Maybe AI. I don't know. I mean, AI is definitely going to continue. I don't necessarily wish it's going to go away, but I do think there's going to be some unintended consequences that we haven't, we just haven't worked out as a society. It's not going to mm-hmm. kill us, but it's going to have some impact that we haven't wrestled with yet. Yeah. Last one here on For the Future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away as a result of tech? in real estate? Uh, Dramatically. I think, I think our interaction with space, I think we try to pigeonhole property into these little, into these categories. And we may start to think about things as just like the space that we interact with. And how that works rather than like, is it long-term? Is it short-term? Is it co-living? Is it vacation rental? 
because mm. it's going to blur. And I'm, I'm a big believer in this convergence. Um, and so I think that's something that will, that will really, people will lean into in the future. If we can train the AI model to help with the legislative challenges, <laughs> then we can get the government on board with the convergence. And we'll all be in, and we'll have great space. We will have great space. <laughs> I think that's the key. That is the key. All right, Jeremy, the last three here, these are about you. So our listeners get to know you bit, just a bit better. First one, what are you reading? Ooh, I'm rereading again. Um, the, uh, oh God, it's right here. Well, I've got two different books. I've got a nonfiction book, which I'm blanking on. And then I'm, I'm reading Trust, which is the fiction book I'm reading, which is pretty interesting. Cool. Do you, do you typically do business tech or kind of like uh, across the board for nonfiction? Across the board, across the board. Nonfiction, maybe, you know, during the day for a break or like on the weekends and then fiction, fall asleep at night, a couple of pages. There you go. I dig it. Number two, who are you learning from? I'm learning from my customers and my clients. Um, I'm learning from my management team, uh, which I love. And um, I'm learning from my kids. I've got four little kids, um, and I learn a ton from them. All right. And last one here, what inspires you? Oh, wow. Creating, I think create creating value is inspiring to me. And you only know that when you get like this positive feedback um, mm. from the people that you're trying to serve, right? And so like I get inspired by every piece of feedback that we get from our clients, positive or negative. Awesome. Jeremy, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time breaking things down, sharing what Breezeway is doing, but also what the industry is looking like, the convergence, the shifts, the non-Airbnb crash. That's probably not on the horizon. Uh, but for those who want to learn more about Breezeway and or get in touch with you, where do they go? How do they do that? Yeah, you can learn more at breezeway.io. Um, you can send me a message, jeremiah at breezeway.io. Happy to hear from you. Um, answer questions, chat more about prop tech and future of um, hospitality operations. I'm always up for a good chat about it. And I'll put all those links. You can find it on this episode at technest.io. Uh, by the time this episode's air, we'll have a new website. So you'll be able to search for hospitality and vacation rental topics and you'll find the Breezeway episode. Thanks again for your time. Hope to see you around. Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it.